Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. <laughs> Winners of the East London Challenge Cup soon after their formation in 1885. The old Millwall Rovers are now known to their roaring supporters as the Lions. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Welcome to the Pirelli Stadium, dear listeners. Burton, Burton-on-Trent, up near Nottingham, Derby. You are, of course, listening to Akdong Millwall. My name is Nick Hart, and we are in the beautiful, sunshine-bathed Pirelli Stadium, watching the two teams, Millwall and Burton Albion, warm up ahead of this championship fixture. First up, apologies for the brief hiatus in transmission. Last weekend, we missed the, the Birmingham game, the 1-0 win. Up there at St Andrews, fantastic result, fantastic performance by the Lions. 77th minute goal by Fred, taking the three points for Millwall. Our second away win of the season, after the first being Leeds, of course. And then, of course, in midweek, um, we had the, 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 the fine win over Sheffield Wednesday, 2-1 at home. I missed them both, dear listeners. I apologise, she was away in Berlin. Being the old hipster trendy that I am, we went over to the Berlin, the Berlin Film Festival, the Berlin Ala. Fabulous city it is too, Berlin. Well worth a visit. History on every street corner. History of the 20th century in one location. Well worth a go. This is not about. There's no travelogue here today, this. This is about winning. The Lions winning three points in front of the relegation haunted Burton Albion. The Brewers. The Brewer boys are down the other end. The Burton boys. And their flags, yellow and black flags. They've got a, a depiction of Nigel Clough on one side. Kind of like an ultra turnout. They've got all sorts of um, slogans and. Um, once a brewer, always a brewer. Right, well, okay. Their home end, all in front of the Don Amot King of Caravans sponsored home end. Um, we'll see what kind of noise they make once once uh, proceedings kick off. There's 1,500 Millwall fans come up, up here today. I'm going to lay money, and you might back me on this little wager. That we're going to outshout them, but we'll see. We'll see once the action begins. Achtung, Millwall. It's a nice, neat little ground. Um, a non, if I say non-leaguey, non I don't mean that in any kind of um, any insulting way. It's, it's nice. There's one side of seats where we're, I am here today, and three sides of um, fairly newly built terracing. 
capacity just short of 7,000 people. We remind you of Bromley's ground in some respects, that kind of size stadium. Like such there, Jordan Archer just ran over to the mill wind, gave his gloves to a little boy in the crowd. It's things like that that really do make our club special in my opinion. Nice touch there by Jordan Archer in the warm-up. This is the Burton Equino, which is the for now. That's an unchanged line-up three times in a row now, dear listeners. That's quite something to say, isn't it? Barry's favourite. Thank you, Mr. Burton. Bye for now. Steve Bywater playing for him. Stephen Bywater played for the Lions a couple of years ago. Goalkeeper. He won't bother with the rest of their team. They have no interest to us whatsoever, I believe. Mark Marvin Sordell won't be playing for him. Didn't he get a goal at Den earlier in this season? No, no place for the sword elder fish. Injured on Millwall flu. I don't know. I, mean, I didn't really was injured on one of the websites in the week. Now, we did, of course, get caught by a sucker punch with, by Burton Albion earlier on in the season. 1-0 uh, at the Den. And as Neil Harris rightly says on the news at Den here, talking to Mr John Kelly, um, Burton will be fighting for their lives today. They're placed 22nd in the table, in the, in the bottom three in the relegation zone, amongst a group of, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams, seven teams at the bottom, or what you would call relegation contenders, all the way up as far as Reading. Um, they will be fighting for their lives today, and we've got to be careful we don't get caught by uh, Millwall Syndrome, which is where you struggle against a smaller team to bring the uh, A game to the party against the bigger size, the bigger occasions. You know what I'm talking about there, dear listener, don't you? The Lions, by contrast, come into today's game in the Giddy Heights, the, uh, the Annapurna of 13th position. Five points away from Brentford, who are uh, in 10th, so top 10 is merely five points away. Um, 33 games played by Millwall, 11 wins, 12 draws, 10 defeats, 39 scored, 35 conceded. Goal difference is plus four, 45 points. So um, Brentford in 10th spot. Uh, on 50 points, so a win today, which is um, not a foregone conclusion, but it must be, um, we, we would expect to come in and get a result, I feel. I hope you agree with me on that. Um, so three points here today takes us ever closer to the Valhalla, the Asgard, that is top 10 football in the championship. Who would have thought that at the start of the season? In fact, we're even talking about it, I think it's quite something. A huge tribute to the, uh, the, the the team spirit that Neil Harris and his, and his staff have engendered in this side. Obviously, we brought in Tim Cahill to add to that team spirit. And there's a, there's a real sense of the collective about this group of players. I, I, I admire it tremendously. It's one of the best seasons I can remember in a long while, being a Millwall fan. And it has yet to, um, to unfold. What's possible? Lee Gregory says anything is possible, speaking to News at Den in a week. Um, all the way up to top six. Ooh, did I just say that? Did I attempt fate? Did I attempt mistress luck? Possible, though, isn't it? You must be thinking the same. I bet you are. I bet you are. Shall we talk about floodlights? Floodlight pylons in particular. Now, this is no phallic obsession of mine, but I do like a stadium with um, four floodlight pylons. Like you used to get in the olden days, like the Den used to have. They, they, these ones here are the, uh, the modern-style single towers, like a, like a lamppost, really. 
with uh, four sets of, uh, of old school floodlights on top of it. So they, what they don't do, I suppose I'm saying, is follow the line of the stand. Many modern stadiums, I don't know if it's a planning regulation or, or what it is, but they, they have their floodlights mounted along the side of the stand. We do now at the Den, of course. Um, I like a stadium, an old-fashioned stadium with four sets of pylons, preferably crisscross tower-style pylons. Um, these ones will do. These ones are not bad. It's nice to see off in the distance the, uh, the approach of the floodlight pylons. It's like the, like the see the cathedral, the cathedral of football away in the distance. And it's something that's uh, increasingly going for the modern game. So well done to Burton Albion. They probably haven't got much choice. The floodlights will be a little bit too low if they mounted them on these low-level stands they've got here. But it's nice to see. It's a crisp, cold day. Lovely weather. Beautifully sun, you know, beautiful sunshine up here in, in Derbyshire. I think we're on the brink of Leicestershire, Derbyshire. I drove up across country. Google took me off the motorway. Some fantastic countryside. It's a beautiful, beautiful country, England. Get yourself up here sometime. It's, it's, it's lovely. Um, rural, village England, village pubs, farmyards, you name it. The full, the full kind of stereotype. Rural England. It's beautiful. I love it. Even if the national football team do break your heart from uh, tournament to tournament. But let's, let's worry about that later in the summertime, dear listeners. Interesting debate on Twitter in the week about whether we should get rid of the goal music, the let them come chorus that comes after every goal that we score at the den. Um, I voted yes, get rid of it. I, it's, it this is a distraction. Um, it reminds me of this, this sound going down now, the um, fat boy Slim. Excuse me, dear. I'm just having an old chap over us. <laughs> These are the things you don't get on, on top-level broadcasting. A, 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 the boy next to me, uh, old chap next to me, decided to hop over the line of seats. He stepped on one of the flip-ups and he's nearly gone flying. So uh, two of rivers had to catch him mid, mid-launch there. So excuse me, there, dear listeners. I might even leave that in just for um, authentic reality quant- uh, quantity factor. Where was I? I don't know. I'll come back later. Real magic number, incidentally, is sixth spot is Bristol City, occupying at the moment 54 points. We are nine points away from that. Three wins, that's all we are. Win today, win at home on Sun, uh, uh, Saturday against Sunderland, and that starts to inch ever closer. I know, I know I'm tempting Lady Luck, I'm tempting Madame Fate, the cruel mistress. Can't help it. I'm Mill fan. We, we live for the adrenaline ride, and this is the adrenaline ride that we love. Drama junkies, what else will we do with ourselves but for this? Just waiting for the team to come into the stadium just to put the kibosh on proceedings. After all that positive talk, I see that Burton haven't won at home since September. A run of 12 uh, winless games here at the Pirelli Stadium. So that's going to put the, um, as I say, the kibosh on things because they're almost certain now to get those three points, aren't they? This is the Stoic Championship. Mill uh, Harris. Mill Harris says Mill full of confidence on the road. Here come the teams, dear listeners. The block rocking sounds of blur, mate. All right, not off. Fantastic tweet I read in the week about how blur used to be called. Now one of them is a cheesemaker and the other one goes on all political after a couple of pints of beer. Like your old uncle at a wedding. Such is the fate of all of us, you youngsters. I don't know if I have any young listeners. If, if I do, that's what will happen to you too one day. The road of blur. Guys will be wearing all white today, dear listeners. The Brewers, but now in their yellow and black kit. Me, I like a middle team in all white. It's the strip I first saw when I first started going, 1972. 
And I like Millwall teams in all white. I know that's heresy for some, but that's what I like. And I like what I see today. There's an immediate angst. They've changed ends in the first half. Lions are going to be attacking the... Uh, the, the Lions will be attacking the away end of the Millwall fans in the first half, has, which contradicts directly the Millwall Act 1971. So Bywater will get the treatment in the first half and they will avoid it in the second half. So they must have won the toss. They know what they're going to get, don't they, dear listeners? So that's the first unsettling incident of the, of the match. And away we go, dear listeners. So apologies for not being around last week. I was away in, in Germany, as I've said. We're back to normal now. Early ball forwards from Burton, trying to test out the Lions' defence. As it's cold, quite literally cold. Burton pressing forwards, all bouncing around the mill end, it's going to go for a throw, and we're in the Pirelli Stadium, dear listeners, which is a small scale, belying its glamorous name as a kid, as a, as a teenager, the uh, yearly issue of the Pirelli calendar was a huge feature of my adolescent life, um, it featured for, for youngsters who don't know what the Pirelli calendar is all about, we live in this modern internet age of, of hardcore pool being available at the... Uh, of a flick of a click of a mouse, but back in the early 1970s, the dinosaur era, the issue of the Pirelli calendar with its soft, soft um, glamour models, I suppose you'd call it, um, produced by the Pirelli Tire Company, must be located near here, hence the name, um, was quite an event in the, um, the awakening sexual uh, desires of, of, of this particular teenage boy. The strange thing is you never saw many of them. You, always, you heard about them more than saw them because um, no one ran, ran on the motting mistake. You ever seemed to have a Pirelli calendar. Breaks down midfield. This is Marlon Romeo. The ball through that's going to be chased down there by, by um, Saddle. Hoof cleared by the goalkeeper. Three minutes into the game. Both sides just testing each other out at this stage. Yeah, alongside Emmanuel movies and... Um, Deep throat. The, the, the arrival of the, of the Pirelli calendar was always uh, an event that everyone talked about at school. Very few of us actually got to get to grips with it. Let's make do with the, um, the sum and the, uh, the, the Freeman's catalogue. Anyway, enough of my um, dark past. Bywater drawing a few boos, ex-West Ham man, of course. Could play for the Lions. I don't mean he let us down particularly, but um, he seems to draw particular hostility for the, for the West Ham connection. Which is as it should be, of course. <laughs> Bible to being told he still can't kick for the mill support. Morrison draws some physical attention there. Gets nothing off the referee. Burton feeding the 11 again on the left-hand side. He seems to be a regular weapon of theirs. He's, he's got tackled well there by the Lions defence. He'll bring it away. But it does seem, it seem to be a regular tactic they're employing. It's Lee Gregory. By Steve Morrison beautifully over on the uh, the middle right, down in front of us now. What can he do? He gets across. He's deep, deep, deep towards Greggs, taking off his head for a corner on the on the right hand side as we look. Ten minutes. That's going to be Shawnee Williams. It takes on the middle left. Deep, deep, deep towards Jacob. He gets his head to it, backtracking slightly. Ball's bouncing around. It's moved clear. Ticking towards the fifteenth minute. Lines trying to press quite high. Long ball forwards and then, then straight onto the Burton defenders without giving them a chance to settle, which is fantastic to see. There's a long ball forwards there. That's Steve Morrison trying to flick it through towards Lee Gregory. That was angled wrong. Goes rolls through to Stephen Bywater. The West Ham slag in goal. Stewart's trying to get people to sit down in front of us and along to the side. 
This is going to be exciting. Force everyone to sit down. Job from hell trying to get all fans to sit down. Everyone's still standing up. You'll be interested though. There's uh, Burton. And then he said Brighton. They're going to win a corner on the right hand side. Whilst the uh, stand up controversy continues. 19 minutes, Burton corner, right hand side. Archer misses, long and deep. It's back across the goal. It's headed up and away. Over the top. Close. Jesus, that's hooked over in close range after an error. Going to call it an error by Jordan Archer there, dear listeners. Coming towards the 20th minute. Best chance so far in the game. And Burton hook it over from um, probably about the, the, the centre spot. It looked like from this distance, but the initial corner, uh, Archer went for it and missed it entirely. And then, of course, suddenly we're in trouble. As it is, the Lions escape by the skin of their teeth. 20 minutes. Stewards have retreated ignominiously. Will they be back? I'll keep you updated. Oh, here we go. Another one's coming over now. <laughs> He's, been, he's telling a man off for shouting, sit down at the stewards. <laughs> this is more exciting than the game, dear listeners, as you can probably tell. The head stewards come over now. He's retreating in the face of amusement. <laughs> Loose Paul releases Wallace. He tries to find Gregory, just can't pick him out. This is... Rolls clear, unfortunately. Well, we're halfway through the first half, and this has got to be said, it's a dull game. And the uh, the measure of how dull the game really has been is the fact that the stewards trying to get people to sit down is the uh, the high point of the half so far. That one chance for, for Burton earlier on, otherwise it's been pretty tedious stuff. Long ball falls for Burton, has got us in trouble. There's the number nine for on goal. It's a fantastic tackle. Fantastic tackle by Jake Cooper there. That was, there was a moment where the long ball went out from them, which has been our... our um, primary weapon on 25 minutes there almost had us in trouble and I was through on goal but a fantastic recovery there by Jake Cooper after an initial misjudgment it's not the most compulsive of contests so far Lions fans making their way down to the refreshments downstairs up with Bovril I dare say or something stronger perhaps flat atmosphere, not much action that cover Bovril seems ever more enticing ball runs all the way back to Bywater 31 minutes are not very much, in all honesty. Which sounds like some of the foreign title movies that we, we just saw in Berlin. 31 minutes of not very much. Or an hour and a half, 93 minutes of not very much in some cases. Holding to the near post, that's gone for a corner. Better from the lines. Right-sided corner. Williams will take, it's, it's deep. Jack Cooper at the back there, ball bouncing around. Goalkeeper takes, I think. There's, there's, there's a little melee. It's, it's rolled loose. Bodies flying in there. The referee can't wait to blow the whistle. There's an American football-style scrum. There's a little bit of pushing and shoving going on out there. Now Savile's in the mix. Hutchinson was underneath it all. Still a little bit of pushing and shoving. One man down from the, uh, the Burton side. No moment. Nothing more than that, dear listeners. It's a curiously flat atmosphere inside the ground. I know it's small scale. I've just been praising its non-league. Uh, qualities, but it, it does induce a kind of a stupor. It's a long aimless ball forwards there from from Burton. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful sunny day. Um, zero atmosphere from the Burton fans, and you can hear that who's, who's producing anything worth listening to. But um, unfortunately, the game is not enlivened the crowd. There's not been much action, and the Lions need a moment. We need something just to set the uh, set the spark, get the fire going. We're pressing the Burton defence all the way back. It's a 15 over on the far right as we look. 
trying to hoof it clear. We're doing well, we're pressing them up high. No clear-cut chances for the line. So far, a long ball falls there. This is a nine. Oh, he's put miles wide. He had a chance there. Long ball falls, found the nine. A little bit of space. Uh, Marlon Romeo under pressure there. And he's, he's managed to hoof it um, some yards wide of the, of the, of the, of the left-hand post. That's ch another chance for them, but um, poorly executed by their number nine. 38 minutes. 11 from the left-hand side. Ball into the box. That's, that's a skidding cross. It's... By hooker by crook clear by the mill defence. It's a little bit under pressure at the moment. They're passing the ball around outside our penalty area. This is a 14 on the left-hand side. He's going to get a cross in. That's headed over from close range. where They're getting a few chances, dear listeners. Um, I think that was the nine. Long way away from where I'm standing. Um, a little bit worry, a few worrying signs in the last few minutes. They'll need to keep on their game. Pushing towards the 41st minute. The 11 again on the left hand side, ball forwards, cross into the middle, that's across the mill six yard box and headed over by Jake Cooper. A corner on the right hand side, there was a real chance there. They're just uh, starting to look a little bit more dangerous. Last few minutes, lines have looked rather dull by comparison. It's a burn corner on the right hand side. 42 minutes gone, in it comes. Deep, 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 it's headed back and forth. That's gone wide of the right post. Another corner, right side of the corner. Lines under pressure. That's the Burton's fans. First we've heard of them all half. They've got something that may be uh, worth cheering here. There's another chance on the right hand side to lob it in, and it comes. That's deep ball. It's headed back again. Marlon Romeo's just getting beaten in the air a little bit. A couple of times now, they've looked dangerous down the left hand side. We do need to. Um, Tighten up, they'll be playing high risk football as the long ball falls to Gregory. It's dealt with by the 14 there. He brings it away. Just Burton down left. This is a 20. Doing a little bit of a kick over stuff. Poor cross from their point of view. Oh, that's a poor clearance by the middle point of view. Gives it back to him. This is a 19 from distance. That's lob forwards. Bounce it around down the far end. Anywhere will do from the middle defence at the moment, dear listeners. It's gone for a throw in on the left hand side. 43 minutes, we just want to get through to half-time and reform. Burton on the left, there's lines, will, uh, move breaks down, lines will bring away, thankfully. Flip header on from Steve Morrison, Gregory just can't get on the end, he's going to go for a goal kick, 44 minutes. There's Saville, centre circle, as we come down towards the 45th minute of the game, don't know how much injury time there is. None, that's how much, that's a rarity, isn't it? Referee blows for the whistle, bang on 45, nil-nil. Nine surviving a few scares there late in the, in the first half. Um, otherwise a fairly tedious affair, in all honesty. Neither side doing much to impress. Uh, the Lions certainly looking a little bit under par compared with what we've grown used to in dramatic terms in recent weeks. Uh, but there is nil-nil at the break, dear listeners. Arrivederci, Milval. A few half-time tweets for you, dear listeners. Merv Payne says, Burton are using their own ref again, just like they did at the Den. Um, yes, yes, I agree, Merv. We haven't looked great, but the referee hasn't been with us. I think we, we've got to be careful we don't let this one slip away from us. They look quite dangerous towards the end of the half there, which is more of our own, um, you know, creation. But um, I, I know what you mean about the referee. Post budge boring, boring Shane Ferguson. He says, unfortunately, I'm not in the squad again today. I've asked Neil Harris for a word yesterday to discuss this, and he said, can't it wait till Monday, Fergie? So I said, no worries, boss, see you Monday. 
anyway, I'll in the squad against Sue. That's from boring Shane Ferguson. Parody account, of course. Picture of the Chief Steward from Mill Halfway Line saying, don't mess with a chief, he don't take no bullshit. Um, that was the man who's trying to get him to sit down earlier on. He's had, he's had the uh, piss roundly taken out ever since, as you would hope and expect, dear listeners. Emma Jean says, I've got all the way to fucking Burton and didn't realise I had the tickets. Dear, I hope she got in. The new wave of British heavy metal still rules rampant in Burton. This is uh, Def Leppard, I believe. Rock on, matey. I rather like Mills half of football. Some rather sparse tweets, that's about it. For the lifetime tweets there, listeners. One point of news you might not have seen in the week, I don't know. Um, £20 million worth of funding has been removed from our arch-enemy's renewal for the new Bermondsey scheme that aims to develop a site around the den and force us from the borough. Well, the GLA, the Greater London Authority, had £20 million quid allocated to them from their grant money. That's now been withdrawn because of the uh, delays on the scheme, which is a shame, isn't it? So that means that the, um, the offshore British Virgin Island based renewal will have to find another £20 million quid from somewhere. Many, much debate online as to whether on a, a, a value scheme, 900 odd million value scheme, another 20 million makes a big difference. I would say it does make a difference because they, they cost quite tightly for these things. They, um, have, uh, they clearly need our car park to turn a profit on the scheme overall and 20 million pounds worth of, um, of kit won't go down easily with them. So um, it does put the cat amongst the pigeons. Speaking to the South London press, Chief Executive Steve Cavanaugh says this comes as no surprise. For six years, nothing has been built. No, that's correct, Steve. And no development is imminent. Not a, not a um, not a workman on site so far. Mill FC would not see New Bermondsey site developed for the benefit of the community. That's the area all around the car park as well. Um, and there's a bit of an olive branch. I'm, I'm picking up this as an olive branch for, for any listening Lewisham councillors. I don't know if we do have any. Um, it's time for a new beginning, says Steve. A new beginning. The council can put the controversies behind them and open up the opportunity for a new plan to be put forward for the successful delivery of a regeneration project in the borough with Millwall Football Club and its thriving community scheme truly at the heart of it. Seconded, thirded, and amen to that, Steve Kavanagh. So, yeah, there we are. 20 million quid's been grants been taken away from renewal. So that's, I call that good news for the week, dear listeners. One other item I saw, I caught my eye. Um, not sure why the change has been made, but anyway, I'm not sure whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. The new shopper reports that the uh, English Football League clubs collectively have voted to bring forward the deadline for completion of permanent transfer deals in the summer transfer window. So the, the, uh, the permanent deal window now finishes at 5 pm on August the 9th. Which I think is, is it used to be the end of the month. Am I right in, in thinking that? The end, last day of August, 31st. It aligns with the decision taken by the Premier League, so we're doing what they, they're doing. You can still complete loan deals after that day, but permanent deals must be completed by the 9th of August. Uh, EFL Chief Executive Sean Harvey says this new approach will give clubs and managers the stability they crave early in the season. Strange word, they, they're craving stability. Um, must be, it must be desperate. There must be some desperate offices around the 92 football clubs as managers go balmy, waiting for stability to come through the door. Um, it also provides flexibility to add to their squads after the traditional deadline until the end of the month, if so required, says Sean Harvey. Um, so there we are. The um, transfer deadline next season will be August the 9th for permanent deals. 
strong school dinner smell wafting down from the corporate boxes behind us in the seating area. Um, I imagine the standing up controversy earlier on has probably come from complaints from the corporate boxes behind us because there's a whole line of Mill fans standing up, as you will expect in the seats. That's why we have seats to stand up in them. And um, they probably can't see from their, um, you know, their tables. They've probably got to stand up themselves, which they will then complain about. And the stewards will then try and do something about it and then retreat, uh, humiliatingly, in retreat. So I'd imagine that's, that was the cause of it. As I say, the smell of the um, catering, if you're starving hungry, perhaps in post-war Berlin, during the airlift, it might be enticing, but it has a strong school dinner smell, which is um, not that enticing. Achtung. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Pick up the noise for second off. We're going to be needing more. I'm sure that point has been made by Neil Harris in the dressing room. Okay, that, that's, that's, that's the attempt to try and drum up some support for the Burton... Uh, sections get over the top so in defiance of the Millwack 1971 we're going to be attacking the, the home end in the second half far far away from where I'm standing and Burton will be coming at us in front of the away support away we go dear listeners second half I tried to inject a note of um, excitement into that into that little crescendo there didn't I failed miserably there's a scene at the end of the 70s film, Soil and Green. I don't know if anyone's ever watched it. It's got uh, Edward G. Robinson's dying, basically, and they go to these kind of dying centres. It's set in like a dystopian future where there's no food. And um, I'm just kind of reminded of the beautiful panoramas he's shown. He's like these fantastic landscapes. He's, he's dying and they're playing 
beautiful classical music. It's a little bit like that here today. There's soporific kind of quality to proceedings. It's beautiful to look at, but you have a kind of a, a stuporous feeling of dying. 48 minutes, going to be left-hand corner from Shawnee Williams. In it comes. Headed back into the goal. Oh, it's off, off the line. Ooh. Headed back by Jake Cooper into a melee. I thought we'd gone in for a moment. It's put behind for a left-sided corner again. Much more dangerous starts than the second half by the Lions. That's got the crowd interested. Here we go again from Williams. That's deep again. That's not made it past the first defender. I'm fascinated by Don Amott, who responds the home end. Don Amott, he's the king of caravans. Must rule his sight with a rod of iron. I picture him being a bit like um, Brad Pitt in the uh, Fight Club movie. In Fight Club? Snatch, Snatch, sorry. 52 minutes, Burton coming down our, our left. Ball across the box, it's the 9 and the 20. There's challengers offside, is it? No, high, high boot, high boot. Free kick from Millwall, the 9 again looking dangerous as the ball came in. I've been drawing a little bit of comment. Mistake there by Roman, slightly put in trouble by some silly passing across the back line there. Uh, gives the ball back to, to Burton in a dangerous position. This is a 20, floating the ball into the middle. Far post, back across the six-yard box, that's put behind by Hutchinson. Mill causing self-imposed damage there. It's going to be a corner now on the, on the right-hand side as Burton attack, 54 minutes. They'll take hope from that. There's just a little bit of panic um, today in the Mill defence. Where that's come from, I don't know. The four's going to take it in front of us. He floats it in towards the centre spot, towards the penalty spot rather. And that should be cleared, it is, by the, the Lions defence. We are rather um, causing ourselves, um, what's the tennis expression? Is it un, 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 unnecessary errors, there's an expression for it. Unnecessary errors. And I apologise if my vocabulary is a little bit limited, it's, um, it's cold. I find that I'm more erudite, erudite, erudite in the warm weather. Ball breaks, this is Lee Gregory. And down the middle, he runs into trouble there, goes flying, but no, no offence uh, given by the referee. 55 minutes. Poor, poor uh, ball back by Cooper. Gives a corner away. Put uh, Arsher in with no chance of, uh, of catching it. Concedes an unnecessary corner. Again, unforced errors. Four's going to take. Here we go, totally unnecessary corner. Finally takes place after a little delay. It's a poor corner, thankfully. After work, there was a delay for a, a player down injured, and it was just um, a very poorly taken corner. It's clear that the near corner of the penalty area by the middle defence. 58 minutes, Burton coming forwards now. The 20. Runs across the centre of the middle half. Spread the play uh, leftwards. Pressing them back. Lions fans trying to get a little bit more energy into this rather sluggish performance overall by Mill. This is the nine down in front of me, Bent. Junior Bent, is that? Ball into the box, that's taken easily enough by Jordan Archer. It's, it, for me, the Niners look quite dangerous. Though. I don't think they've got a great scoring record, but is that, they actually look quite useful up front for them. How much of that is us allowing him space and time to, to have these chances, of course, is quite another matter. Guys look rather toothless today. I know that um, Morrison's getting a lot of physical attention, but we've looked rather one-dimensional today. More than, more than um, many games. Maybe the uh, the midweek fixture has sat to sat slightly, I don't know. Is that an excuse? We're still in it, but it, we're, um, we're looking a little bit um, second best at times. He comes to lines down the left, this is Jed Wallace going down the left-hand side. Can he get a cross in? He checks. 
cuts back, he's got a cross in, into the middle, that's in front of goal. One nil the Who got that? Lee Gregory, you got it? Lee Gregory. All from the left hand side, headed home from close by Lee Gregory. First chance of the game, really. First clear cut chance, I know Cooper had that goal earlier on. That was a close range header from Lee Gregory, that's Lions leading it, one nil. No replay here, um, so I'm going by pure memories of pulling from the left-hand side. I think it was Greg who got, got a header in close range. Let's have a listen. Marshall, excuse me, Marshall. My, my error, do apologise. Long way away from where I'm standing. If you're going to watch a dreary game, dear listeners, you might be on the winning side of that dreary game. <laughs> Palpable sense of relief around the middle support. Hold on to it, dear listeners. Hold on to it. That, that was um, against the run of play, in all honesty. I don't think we've looked that great in this game. So to, to grind out a goal there is, is good work. It's got the middle fans in good voice, if nothing else. It may be totally undeserved. It may be against the run of play. But who gives a shit about that, dear listeners? Since when did uh, justice play any part in a middle supporter's life? Substitution. It's Fred time. I remember well from our own uh, relegation fighting days two years ago now, wasn't it? Back in the, um, the Holloway era. You, you start losing games where you don't deserve to lose. And I think Burton would regard themselves as being in that position at the moment. They've not played that badly, in all honesty. It's not been a, um, you know, any kind of game for the purist. And um, it's not been no um, show-stopping performance. But to go a goal down when you've actually had the better of the game is the mark of the relegation-haunted side. And I think that's, that's where they'll feel themselves to be at the moment. They've got um, a quarter of a game to go, though, to fight their way back into this. Throw-in. And that move breaks down for Burton. Ball lobbed forwards towards Lee Gregory. Can he chase it? He's got two men moving there. He does well. He gets in there. He's actually got a ball on goal, is it? No, it's going to be... They put the goalkeeper to come too far out. The uh, the ball in looked like it was on target for a moment. Actually, it was well wide and removed by the, the Burton defence there. Those little moments where what you want to happen, what actually is happening, look momentarily to be converging, but actually are wildly different. You ever had that happen to you, dear listener? What you imagine to be happening and what you want to be happening, what actually is happening, the wildly diverging. How many dates you've been on like that? Incidentally, it'll be a terrible tease. Lots of wild level terrible tease for you all now. Um, might be some big news coming up soon about the show. Um, keep keep tuned into the, the old Twitter. Uh, I'm not gonna give you any more than that. I'm gonna gonna raise your expectations a little bit. Um, some big news possibly looming up this week. One night this week. Keep your ears peeled. Keep your eyes plucked, as Sean, uh, my brother used to think, that Sean, what's his name, off the police five, what was his name? Sean, Sean, Sean Taylor. Always thought you used to keep your eyes plucked. 
Well, keep, of course, his catchphrase was keep your eyes peeled. Here comes a little break for Burton. Fantastic tackle by Sean Williams. Ball bounces through. It's cleared in the end by Jake Cooper. Fantastic tackle by Sean Williams. He had to get the timing of that right, and he did get it right, dear listeners. Yeah, so that's going to get you excited. That's going to get your nipples erected, dear listeners, isn't it? Big news about the show coming up this week. All over the top is Fred going down the left-hand side. What can he do? Balls into the, into the mix. Across the face of the goal. How, how close that was, it's hard to tell. It looked close from this distance, but it was a ball on the left. Shot across the face of goal by Fred. 17 minutes to go. If Timmy scores are on the pitch, dear listeners. He's not on the pitch yet, though. 77th minute. Corner for Burton. 19 will take on the left side as they attack. In it comes. It's floated in. It's a tight angle. It's headed over and close. Wow, that was a chance. It was a, it was a, a, a nicely flighted corner, to be fair. The 15 had a, um, I don't know if it was an open goal, it had to be, um, it was flighted such that it was quite a difficult chance for him to take. Here comes Timmy Cahill, coming in for Steve Morrison. Little chance there for Burton, incidentally, dear listeners. I think the, uh, the strike was just on him too fast to get any direction. Here comes Timmy. It's Timmy time. Does that include me? Well, I've got to go on the pitch if he scores. Is it some kind of contractual obligation? Burton pressing falls. Then the, the left-hand side is pulled back across the box. This should be cleared by Fred. Fred. He takes on his man. He does clear it. Runs it into touch. Nice one. Mill throwing. Over the panic there, dear listeners. Detect the edge in my voice. I try to suppress it. it. Just creeps in sometimes. You have to admire Tim Cahill's willingness to um, take on this task. He's gone from basically the Red Bull, uh, New York Red Bulls, Melbourne City in Australia. He probably have had a pick of a number of other exotic locations. And there he is playing for the Lions at, at Burton on a freezing cold day. It's um, a measure of the man's commitment to, um, to the club and also to, to get into the Australian national side of course. Here comes the 20, the 10, sorry, ball into the box. That's up Bouncing around at the moment here, it's always oh, inches wide, it's the scuffed shot through the middle defence, inches wide of the, of the right-hand post. Rodale up there, Rodale up, it's going to be a corner. Nine minutes left in the game, the 81st minute of the game, you do need to keep it tight, dear listeners. Into the box, that's headed clear by Jake Cooper. Substitute Luke Varney's just come and he's put me a mental image of Reg Varney out of on the buses. He used to be a pub pianist, I believe, as well, as well as a bus driving comedian in inverted commas. And it comes from the right hand side. Ball headed up off the line, taken on the line by, by Stephen Byrolls from the header from Jake Cooper there. For a moment, Burton will bring away. Still only one goal in it. Defender coming in, Shackle coming in, Gregory going out. Gregory's done well today, and, and Morrison, in all honesty, under a lot of attention. Uh, not really carved out too much, but uh, the one chance we did carve out, put in by Marshall, of course, who's substituted earlier on. But it's been hard work for the whole side today, on a day where there's been no on little glamour. Come towards the last minute of regular time, and then whatever injury time we get on top of that. And a chance for Burton to chip the ball in again. In it comes. That's straight, and Archer takes and goes to ground. Takes a sting out of that. 
Burton pressing down their right hand side, desperately searching for an equaliser on a day where they will feel they deserve it. All into the middle, and Arthur should take and does take, thankfully. Cahill get involved in the city challenge down at the, uh, the Burton end. A little bit of pushing and shoving, it was, it was a wild challenge. He's lucky to not get a card there. Oh, he does get a card, he gets a yellow. It's a lunging tackle. Tom Mayer has been man of the match. I was just trying to weigh up who I'd pick out for the mill. So it's been a it's been a grind of a performance there. This is and still a couple of minutes of it to go. But um, I suppose I'd pick out in midfield Savile and Williams have done well today on a day where no one has really shone. If no one honestly, the, the front two Morrison and Gregory have been under attention, close attention for the whole game, physical attention. Um, defences looked a little bit panicky at times, and, and I thought actually that um, Burton have did well, especially towards the end of the first half. But um, I suppose I'm going to pick out a man of the match. I'll probably go with George Savile in midfield. Fred concedes a free kick naively again on the uh, left hand side. It's probably about halfway inside the mill half. It's going to be a chance for Burton to float the ball in. Possibly last chance saloon for them. That needs to be defended well. In it comes, it's floated not easily. Headed wide, I couldn't tell you how close it was. It looked close from the angle that I was looking at, but it's gone wide of the, of the right hand post. So, um, thankfully, the lines escaped there. Should be ticking down to the last few seconds of the fourth minute. So, I'm expecting the final whistle any minute now. Dennis. Archer to take the goal kick. There's the final whistle. Well, it was no classic, dear listeners. No classic by any stretch of the imagination. It was a grind of a win. Fourth, um, fourth win in succession now on the road. How about that? You wait for ages and four coming along all at once now. Great win, great result. This was all about the result today. Make no mistake for the Lions. Um, put the performance to one side. Write that one off. That was a grind of a win, but sometimes that's what you've got to do. So, um, a good show generally by, the, by Lions. Man of the match for me today, Jill Saville. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. Oh, show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Welcome to the Sunday morning nightmare section of the show, dear listeners. I hope you enjoyed that stream of consciousness from Burton. Um, speaking after yesterday's 1-0 win, a, a grinding win, an ugly win, a win that uh, got the job done. Neil Harris said that Millwall at the moment are going like a steam train. Is we have no fear of the division anymore. No, I think that's right, Neil. Four in a row away from home, and anyone who's seen us all season knows we could easily have had double of that on the road. I think that may come back to haunt us, dear listeners, because we're all now in that kind of um, you know, adrenaline surge mode, aren't we? We're all looking upwards. We're six points short of sixth place. Um, and everyone's going to be thinking about those, um, you know, the ones that got away earlier on in the season, starting from Forest away, back on opening day. Um, but all we can do is face the final 12 matches of the season, 36 points at stake, and approach each one with the same mentality that got us through yesterday's um, difficult game, actually. Um, I thought Burton played 
uh, quite well overall uh, by their standards. They're in a relegation dogfight, of course. And as we remember from our own experience, when you're in a relegation dogfight, you tend not to get results that you deserve. And I think they probably deserved the game yesterday uh, in terms of chances towards the end of the first half and one or two in the second half. The Lions might well um, answer that by saying that um, you know it's all about the scoreboard, and that's true. But um, Burton will feel hard done by a very small club, very small ground. I'm not being disrespectful in saying that. I mean, 1,500 mil fans, I think they announced the match attendance. There was 4,000-something, which means that just a couple of thousand, uh, about two and a half to 3,000 Burton fans turned out. Um, it's very hard to survive in this division with such paltry crowds as, as were there yesterday, dear listeners. Neil Harris says that was probably our worst performance on the road this year, bar maybe Norwich. I think I agree with, with Neil there. Um, and as he says, as I've just said, Burton will feel they should have got something out of the game. Um, but he felt that we should have comfortably won against the home game against them. So swings and roundabouts. Credit to the players for finding a way to win again. I couldn't be happier at the moment, says Neil Harris. And I think that reflects the feelings of the Mill support generally. Hard to pick a, a man of the match yesterday. It wasn't a great performance overall. I'm going to go with Savile. I went with Savile in real time, having slept on it overnight. I'm going to stick with George Savile. Um, he had a bit of a difficult patch, um, you know, a few games ago, but he seems to have turned that around. And when you need a grinding performance, it has to be led from midfield. And he, he certainly did that yesterday. So my man of the match yesterday, George Savile, um, mentions in dispatches for the forward line, um, Gregory and, and Morrison, both of whom were, were under a lot of attention yesterday. Um, at times, towards the end of the first half, I felt we nearly had one of our, um, our, our, our defensive wobbly moments, one of our little little funny turns that we have in defence. Thankfully, the uh, the back line kept it together and Jordan Archer had one of his more comfortable days. There was one error, I recall, in the first half. Um, but let's draw a, a discreet veil over that little um, incident. Oh, my lovely, lovely lions, you never let me down. Well, you do, constantly, but not this time, says John Shipman, a Northern correspondent, speaking after yesterday's win. Slight touch of the clockwork orange um, dialogue there, John. My lovely, lovely lions, you never let me down. Slight droog sense, and I'm expecting a kick in the yarbles at some stage soon, but as you say, not this time yesterday. Tony Thomas of Lions TV says, We have been in the top flight. We've had a couple of real quality teams, a few decent managers, but this is certainly one of the best times ever to be a Millwall fan. Our manager is a legend. We have a defence to be proud of. Our midfield has heart. And with a strike force that doesn't stop. Well said, Tony Thomas, Lions TV. Uh, this is Millwall, along the same line. Glenn, this is Millwall, says, uh, just three years ago, our club were a joke with pub-quality players, an embarrassment of a manager. I don't know what he means by that. Uh, and a shirt sponsor who didn't even exist. Now we're six points off of the championship playoffs with a hero as a manager. I'm beaming with pride for everyone involved with our football club, says Glenn. This is Millwall. Stephen Jones says, um, and continues, and I'm insanely jealous of the kid that got Timmy Cahill's shirt, but what a bloke. It was really nice to see at the end of yesterday's game, incidentally, dear listeners. Um, Jake Cooper came over, Marlon Romeo, and uh, clearly Tim Cahill got his shirt to, to a youngster in the crowd. I didn't see Tim do that, but I saw Jake and Marlon. It's fantastic to see. There's a real bond between supporters and team and when you get that at the den that is the magic bullet isn't it and that's what we're seeing at the moment 12 games to go this season what's possible mm. jake saunders uh, the journalist jake says mill have won four consecutive 
away league games in the second tier for the first time since a run between 20th November 1976 and 15th of January 1977. I was at that season. I'm going to have to look that run up now. So hold fire, dear listeners. I'm just looking at the fantastic millwall-history.org.uk site. If you don't know that site, why don't you know it? It's a fantastic resource. It's got stacks and stacks and stacks of mill information on there. So I've just had a quick look at the 1976-77 season, which was a wonderful season. I'm going to do an article on that season in its own right another time. I might even see if Crazy Horse is about for it because it was a fantastic season. I was uh, 16 at the time. And I'm just looking at the run of away um, wins that we had there. It began on... November the 20th, that was an away win at Carlisle, 1-0 win up there, Trevor Lee scoring in the second half, um, we then got a, a win at Burnley on 18th of December, 3-1 win, Tony Hazel, fantastic midfielder, defender, St- uh, John Seisman, fantastic striker, and Barry Fairbrother came to us from Orient, bearded, bearded Barry Fairbrother, um, good player, didn't play an awful lot for us, but did well. We then had a, a 3-2 win at Fulham, I was there that day, that was fantastic. 3-2 win at uh, Fulham in front of 18,000. John Moore, Terry Brisley, John Seisman. Um, in amongst that was the, the, an immense home draw with Wolves in front of um, nearly 17,000 at the den. That, that's, a, that's a run for another day as well. Um, and then a win at Southampton on the 15th of January. Uh, 2-0 win down there, two goals from Johnny Seisman in front of 20,000 at the Dell, the old Southampton ground. And that was the end of the run, I believe. So four four away wins on the spin, and we've matched it now in 2018, 2017-18. That links us to that season far, far away. 1976-77, the era of punk rock, my formative years, dear listeners. Any road. Back to yesterday's game. Glory year 1988 goalkeeper Brian Horn asks the question, do we dare to dream another fantastic result yesterday? We're safe now. We are, Brian. And we'll play in the championship next year. That much is certain. What an achievement by the staff and players. We must also praise our chairman and then CEO. I think that's fair comment. Um, you know, by hook or by crook, we found the right man. We've got shot of Lomas and, and Holloway and now by... You know, Lady Fortune, whatever you want to call it, we've got a club legend in charge, and he needed backing, and he gets it. Um, a fantastic by the by um, John Berrelson and Steve Cavanaugh, CEO, allowing Neil to strengthen the squad onwards and upwards. Says Horney, and finally Dan underscore Wall says top half, and six points off the playoffs. Fucking madness, says Dan Wall. I've got to agree with you there, Dan. Um, it's it, it's it's the madhouse. But um, where else would we rather live? than the Mill Madhouse says there's no other place in town. Um, thank you for listening to this week's show, dear listeners. Um, as I alluded to mysteriously during the course of the stream of consciousness, I hope that there may be big news about the show um, possible this week. Um, I don't have all the T's crossed and I's dotted yet, but I'm hoping that we have some big news about the show. So um, T's I am. Darlings, I'm gonna gonna leave it hanging there for the moment. Gonna leave you wanting more. Always the best way to to, to leave your audience. I just want to close out also with um, an appeal, a big thank you to everyone who has contributed to my Walk for Isla contribution. Isla Caton, the young young West Ham girl, um, 
poor little thing is suffering with a condition called neuroblastoma. Now, uh, the Catons are a West Ham supporting family, our traditional enemies I know, but that all goes out the window. Cancer has no colours, as the as the slogan has it. So we're doing a walk for Isla. Um, it's in support of the Bradley Lowry Foundation, um, specifically in support of young Isla Caton, three years old, suffering with a type of cancer, I believe it is, neuroblastoma, um, treatment for which is possible they're expensive, not on the NHS. She has to go to the USA for this treatment. Um, she's a fighter. She's a young lady. Yes, she's West Ham, but she's part of our Mill family too. I'm asking for contributions from everyone that listens to this show, whatever you can spare. One, two, three, four, five, higher. Some some of the contributions we've had on my walk for Isla Just Giving page are quite immense. Um, and really generous, um, humbling, to be honest. The event itself takes place on the 14th of April. It's going to be a walk from the West Ham training ground in Chadwell Heath. I live over that side of the river. Um, it's going to be no big deal for me to get to a place called Rush Green, which is near to Chadwell Heath. It's a nine-mile walk. It's going to be with a load of West Ham fans. Um, so for that alone, I'm asking for your support and your money, most important. We're going to walk from Rush Green to the London Stadium, the Olympic Stadium, as I would call it, in Stratford, on uh, before their game, their home game at uh, on April the 14th versus Stoke City. Um, it's a fantastic call. Seriously, this is a youngster, three-year-old young girl, very brave young lady. I've set two targets so far, £1,000. That got busted quite quickly. I've just literally passed the £1,500 mark last night, um, but she needs she needs upwards of 400000 to fund this range of treatment and her life is on the line so um any support you can offer my just giving page is at www.justgiving one word justgiving.com forward slash achtung millwall for isla or one word www.justgiving.com forward slash achtung millwall for isla any donations from smallest to whatever you can spare is massively appreciated. I know the family are appreciating the help that's been um, pouring out from the Mill family, the Mill side. Um, and as I say, I will be there on April the 14th, walking with West Ham in support of this very brave young lady. I thank you all for listening to that section. So that's the Mill News this week. Thank you for listening to the show. We'll be back next week after the Sunderland performance. And I think all I've got left to say is Arriva Derchi Millwall. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.